today and yesteryear. We are back tonight to look back into the past. I think it's a, an area that uh, deserves a nice, uh, close look. We can always learn something from the past, right? Yes. From the past, we, we seem to learn how to repeat. <laughs> and not repeat. And not repeat. But we do learn from looking at this uh, past uh, analogy that uh, that has been put upon uh, the people in um, the future that we live in today. We, we look upon the, you know, books that were written about what went on in the past. And we have such technology today that we can use it to reexamine what we we thought were uh, accurate information in the past, and now we find a uh, uh, a different uh, path that this uh, reexamination is is giving us. It's it's showing us that there was technology in the past. We have incidences, uh, excuse me, incidents of uh, electricity in the past. We have incidences of uh, astronomical uh, knowledge. Uh, astronomy, uh, mathematics, mathematics, and uh, you know we could write this off as a coincidence, but it's uh, there's an, a lo an awful lot of it, and uh, it starts to uh, amaze me. And uh, th this is what uh, brought the uh, the uh, the story of uh, Eric von Daniken to the to the to the to the forefront of archaeology because of this new reexamining of uh, our, our ancient past and and the fact that we live in a a technological age, we we can use this technology to to our advantage. Uh, there are Mexican pyramids, there are Egyptian pyramids. Uh, the El Castillo, El Castillo, in Chichen Itza, Mexico. Very interesting. Had three hundred and sixty four steps, and the, the final platform on top made three sixty five. Coincidentally, with the amount of days in the year. How intriguing. How was that knowledge acquired? Where did that knowledge come from? I mean, my, I, my father, I remember him specifically when I was a kid talking about Eric von Daniken's Chariot of the Gods. And we talked about it last episode that we covered this, right? Mm -hmm. and, um, so I'm going to read just a little bit from it for a second here. <clears throat> um, the Egyptian pantheon is just as confusing. The ancient texts of the people of the Nile also tell of mighty beings who traverse the firmament in boats. A cuneiform text to the sun god Ra runs, Thou couplest under the stars and the moon, thou drawest the ship of Aten in heaven and on earth like the tirelessly revolving stars, revolving stars and the stars at the north pole that do not set stars that do not set they just hover i guess mm -hmm. here is an inscription from a pyramid thou art he who directs the sonship of millions of years even if the old egyptian mathematicians were very advanced it is odd that they should speak of millions of years in connection with the stars and a heavenly ship mm -hmm. Time is the seed of the universe. Hmm. It's it's uh, it's funny terminology because uh, it's old terminology and and the wording and the interpretations of uh, other people that have to 
write these uh, these inscriptions that are part of journals that people have kept and trans uh, transcribed and translated to other languages and passed on to cultures of different uh, areas in the world, and and these things were adapted to their, to their uh, philosophies and. Uh, it, 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 it's collated in, in uh, books as time goes on. And so the, these books of, uh, of antiquity, which relate, you know, things that have occurred during thousands of years, uh, have been uh, brought into focus uh, more closely because of, of Eric von Daniken's uh, New way theory. Of yeah, bringing a different uh, viewpoint on uh, the past, and that there was a uh, there was a a society of knowledge in the past that that seems to precede uh, our history. Uh, you can call it prehistory if you want, or you can call it uh, uh, pre. Uh, I would just say pre uh, ice age or <laughs> you know just a long long time ago before we we have uh, decided that uh, culture and our society came into being that's that's recorded history what we call recorded history then you have unrecorded history which precedes recorded history so it's all speculation and uh, the, the closer you come to the present time, everything changes because you see different ways of interpreting the, the years that preceded the last generation. And uh, now we live in a very uh, technological time because we have achieved so much in such a short time. Within the last 10 years alone, we, we've achieved more than than and hundreds you know what of one thing is that has been achieved is a, a, a bigger awareness and a bigger acceptance of and belief that there is that we're not alone you know there's other life in the universe at least no it's it's, it's, it's growing full of, in full of life so at this point i i just uh, the temperament of the public is different it's more it's more open to that one of uh one of the great phrases that I've heard over the years is that uh, given enough time, anything is possible. And given the amount of time that the scientists have said the universe is, uh, that could even be a short uh, uh, recollection of how uh, old the universe is. Who knows how really old it really is if they say it's four billion years it could be eight billion years i mean well there was a mayan calendar there was uh and, and i just mentioned the uh, el casillo um the castle with 365 steps absolutely um the mayan calendar was quite accurate it, it, it extended into uh counting large uh, amounts of time not just uh, a few thousand years but hundreds of thousands of years and that 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 mayan clock that has been uh, uh discovered uh in uh the uh the uh, remnants of time has shown that the 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 mayan calendar is quite extraordinary and uh 
we have been studying it for uh, quite a long time, and it's a uh, it could be a, a technology of of time calculations that have been handed down from generations uh, millennial before that uh, that the Mayans even uh, didn't sit down and create the clock, but were 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 a taint, were a, uh, what do you call a coming in, into possession of this. Uh, uh, ability to uh, count time and uh, keep track of it uh, for the use of uh, our, uh, you know uh, growing uh, periods in the yeah, uh, calendar. Yeah. And, uh, I think that was one of Von Daniken's, one of the things he pointed out at that location was the uh, equinox and solstice there it would make those <clears throat> little tri moving triangles that were moving downward when you were looking on the side of the pyramid there. <laughs> oh, the, uh, the shadows on yes, the side? Yes, only, it only happened on the, it happened. It's still, it, it oh, is that's, a, that's a little, uh, that's a little uh, thing that's, uh, uh, you, that needs a little explaining what that is. That's a, <laughs> that's a shadow that, that moves down the side of the, uh, the pyramid in the shape of a, uh, the motion of a, of a, uh, what they call uh, Quetzalcoatl, who was the uh, the god uh, that's occupying the uh, the pyramid itself. They have his face there, and it, uh, they uh, honored these uh, these uh, moving the serpents, and you know. Uh -huh. And the serpent moves down the that's what the side the of the, the uh, head of the serpent. Yeah, yeah. and then it, on mm -hmm. a certain part of the year, the the shadow goes the other direction and goes up. The, the side of the pyramid, which is such an extraordinary achievement in in in, in sitting situ so how did how did they situate this in conjunction with the setting sun so that it would cast a shadow? I mean, it's just an ingenious thing. I mean, you would think that uh, it was done by a, a an architect in today, you know, to achieve this uh, this uh, precision. I mean, if you did it wrong and you and you did it by a missed off by a couple of hundred yards, the whole the monument would be useless. How about but, a couple of miles to the east, where you know, like a, the Giza pyramid? Yeah, the Giza pyramid. I mean, it also makes a shadow on the equinox. Yeah, and and the other thing that I find interesting about the pyramid, right, is that it, it where does it point? It points upward to the stars. Right? Sure does. And the way that three pyramids in Giza are situated on the ground, they're situated in a, not a straight line. They're two in, in a position that are in, in exact proximity to the stars in the sky, which is, the I think, the Pleiades mm -hmm. or the uh, Orion uh, uh, yeah, stars. Uh, I'll correct it later. <laughs> but uh, it's ingenious that those pyramids when you look at them from up in the uh, air and you look down at them, they, they, they're offline. They're not in straight line. They're in a, almost like a, an off triangle uh, position. And uh, I think that that's very intriguing. The positioning once again. And then how, how is it that uh, most people don't realize that, which you made the point a couple of times about the, that they're it's kind of their beveled edges on the the main pyramid, not the other two. Mm -hmm. They're smooth triangles, mm -hmm. but there's a slight 
like beveling in right oh yeah the indentation mark. Yeah. and and uh, which makes a shadow only on on what uh, certain days which happens to coincide with the what must be the uh equinox we we also want to uh bring uh, to attention uh, during these episodes uh on the ancient uh, astronaut these uh technological uh, impossibilities that that have been found uh over the years and, and, and re-looked at and uh, the pieces that were not considered important are being looked at again and uh, they're becoming quite important. Uh, I find this one, one particular uh, and um, is the uh, arc, this uh, mechanism that was found called the anti-theorem, anti-cathirum device, found off the coast of Greece in 1900, thought to be a... Uh, in a shipwreck. In a shipwreck. They thought it was a, a modern-day uh, gear mechanism that was uh, on a, on a modern-day ship that had collided with a uh, an ancient ship and or, or it just crashed and, and settled in the same area as an ancient... Uh, uh, wreck because it was found on, a, on an ancient wreck uh, ship. But when they uh, looked at it closer, uh, it actually uh, was an ancient device and uh, was quite, quite old and quite uh, unusual. And uh, it got put on the shelf for a while because they really couldn't make much uh, sense of it. Until uh, few, uh, uh, you know, future decades passed and new technologies were developed, and uh, turns out that this uh, particular device is uh, is a clock of some kind that uh, shows the precession of the moon and the stars, uh, planetary mo movements, and uh, uh, quite extraordinary. The gears inside uh, are multiples and. Uh, some clock companies uh, that make watches and things have looked at this uh, device and the results of the investigation that have been applied to this device, and uh, they they are quite amazed. I think uh, they said that nothing had been done like that before. Well, they said it was uh, certain certain people involved in this uh, ancient astronaut theory have said this is the equivalent of finding a a jet aircraft inside the uh, the temple of. Uh, you know, uh, 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 in uh, in Egypt, I mean, it's 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 simply an impossibility to have a device that's so advanced at the time that it's alleged to have been found and to be associated with a time period that's even too premature to to have this device. It seems to have been handed down, or. And what's it's interesting just, about it is it was uh, the shipwreck was discovered in 1901, if I remember right. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's that long ago. It's well over 100 years. And um, but more recently, they're looking at this item and it's, I think gone in several times and drilled in deeper and deeper into this thing as technology has today's technology has advanced, like the scanning technology. Mm -hmm. And I forget what else they use, <laughs> but oh, all, all types of advanced scanning of the, uh, uh, devices that have been applied to this uh, uh, 
it's just amazing. I mean, I've seen the, uh, the video on the uh, investigation. If, if if we could uh, pass that along to our viewers, they would they would love to. I got to a little see. something for you. Check this out. Amongst these sublime objects, the divers found an intriguing bronze item about 20 centimeters high, which began to disintegrate as soon as it was removed from the water. From the first, scientists realized that this was a mechanism for astronomical data. Scrupulously preserved at the National Archaeological Museum of Athens with the other objects from the wreck, the mechanism aroused the curiosity of many researchers. It was only in the 21st century that modern tools for scanning could penetrate the corrosion to reveal in three dimensions the interior of the machine. This showed a set of interlocking gears of astounding ingenuity. High-resolution photographs using different exposures brought to light inscriptions on the sides of the machine which appeared to be part of an instruction manual. Scientists compared the numbers inscribed in the text to the number of teeth in the gears and their arrangement and applied these to the known astronomical cycles of antiquity. Thus, a reliable reconstitution has been made. All the clues point to the same date, including the metallurgical analysis and especially the text analysis. The form of the letters is typical of the period, and the vocabulary used is found on all the other texts of the same period. Given the extensive information we have, a reliable reconstitution can be made. Housed in a rectangular frame, the machine shows data on both sides. In front is the larger dial, showing the 365 days of the year according to the Egyptian solar calendar. Inside, a second circle shows the 12 signs of the zodiac. By turning a handle, one could position the two hands to indicate, for each day of the year, the exact position of the sun and moon and a small sphere indicating the phase of the moon. In order to guarantee its exactitude, whatever the day or year chosen, a dial on the back of the mechanism shows the metonic cycle, which reflects lunar and solar cycles over a period of 19 years, corresponding to 235 lunar months. Above this, another spiral dial indicates eclipses of the sun and moon. The handle was used to advance the pointer to determine when the next eclipse would occur in the Saros cycle. As these operations were connected by the interlocking gears, the actual date of the eclipse showed on the other dial. How did the Greeks manage to devise a mechanism to reflect such complex and irregular data as the lunar cycles? The question also intrigues today's specialists in fine watchmaking. Matthias Butte, Director of Research and Development at Ublo, decided to reproduce these ancient forgotten calculations and integrate them into a modern watch. I didn't want to be like a tomb robber who comes to steal an idea, an idea which has existed for a long time, but rather like someone who approaches our forefathers with deep respect, whose goal is to recreate the antique object in a contemporary form. The original is about 20 centimeters high, and we have been able to create a 30 millimeter movement which can easily be worn on a wrist. This anti-cathera mechanism includes ingenious features which are not found in modern watchmaking. Incredible.
if you could see the the close up on the uh, the the individuals who are looking at this device. This is advanced scanning techniques have enabled them to look into layers of this thing. You have to remember it was it's corroded. It's a, right. You're it, right. It, it's it, incredibly at first glance, corroded. It looks like just a, a whelp of something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you just see it, it looks like a rusted can top uh, yeah. of a can or something. But, but the uh, gears, the, ge the the teeth of the gears are visible, and that is just tremendous to me to be. Yeah, I, and I was I was pointing out to my my partner that. Just, just, just consider the the mechanism to, to to develop the the gear, the the machinery that would be needed to make a precision, circular, uh, uh, grooved, toothed uh, gear like a, like in a, in a in a watch, at a time when what are they making only one? Was this a one-time creation, or was there a manufacturing? Yeah, Were they making? Rumor of the, uh, I, I think there's been mention of this in different texts along the way. So there's rumored that there may have, been, you know, more than one of them potentially. That's that would be incredible that there was actually uh, using uh, uh, something that we look at today as being a, 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 an astronomical clock or a watch. And, and, and they were selling it or making it for the population. I mean, this is incredible. But well, just the, even if it's the just wheel, the, before the wheel, uh, we had the gear apparently, the gear, uh, interlocking gear system, which can predict 365 days a year the the position of the moon and the sun. Yeah, and the planets. I mean, they and the interesting also part of this is that. Um, Optics, optics as we know them today, with the uh, with the uh, telescopes and uh, you know uh, binoculars. I mean, we we use these these uh, these forms of uh, apparatuses, but they're they're actually forms of technology. You know, a simple pair of binoculars is is a, is a form of a technology because it's enabling the the eye of of the human of the human to see uh, much farther than he would with his own eye. So the optics in, in a binocular are, are quite uh, interesting because it's you hold it in your hand and, you know, two or three hundred years ago before they had binoculars, they would have appreciated those things uh, during warfare when they were trying to spot the enemy uh, over a mile away. If they had a pair of binoculars in their pack, it would, it would be great. But... Uh, Unfortunately, they didn't. And uh, today we have this uh, age of technology, which is, uh, like I said, uh, uh, used to look back at things that we thought we had the answers for. And these answers that we had in the past, uh, uh, some of them turn out to be uh, wrong. And we have to admit it. And we have to accept it, that there's a technological aspect to the past. And this is part of the uh, the ancient astronaut theory. Um, we we see it time and time again. Um, the use of um, building a, a structure such as the the Great Pyramid in Egypt. I mean, it's more than just uh, dragging some rocks together and, and placing them in a in a pyramid shape. I mean, the 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 actual work involved in doing that without roads, without highways, without trucks, without flatbeds, 
without the, the technology to move weight of such tremendous amounts. Uh, today we use trailers with, with 22 wheels on their, on their uh, axle to, to move heavy missiles. Yeah, I mean, it's one thing to say, oh, uh, let's go put up a, uh, let's build a nice little brick wall over here. Click, plunk, 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 right? But it's another thing when the bricks are 10 tons each. And they come from <laughs> 20 miles away. Two tons to 10 tons each. And they come from 10 or 20 miles away from the, the, the quarry is not, you know, down the street. The, 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 there's no road system. So those questions remain. You use your magic wand. Yeah, you just can't just drag a, a rock that's that you need across the, uh, the the mileage of twenty miles, thirty miles with no roads, and just expect the the the, the camel and and the ox and the ox cart and the cow to pull, uh, you know, a twenty ton stone piece of uh, granite. By the time it got to the, the the to the site, it would be such in bad shape they'd have to discard it. You know, unless you you know you're cutting it at the quarry, right? Are you cutting it into the the correct uh, cut for the for the uh, the placement, or are you going to do the cutting and and the precision cutting at the end when it gets to the to the construction site? Because it, it, that that's an answer that that is is crucial in the way that they fit together. Yeah, that they put together without cement, without glue. <laughs> You know, and, and they're still standing. We, we can't get an apartment house to stand, you know, on the side of a, a river for uh, for more than 200 years. And here these things are sitting for thousands and thousands of years. Uh, it's amazing. And they were originally covered, the pyramids of Egypt especially. Uh, uh, oh, they had an exterior layer on them. They had an exterior layer that made them shine for miles away. And during the setting sun, they would cast a shadow, uh, which was determined by the position of where the pyramid sat in the in the desert. So when the sun got to a certain point, it was acting like a sundial. So it, it told you what time of the. Yeah, and there's also some argument of the about how they had knowledge of the dimensions of the Earth, and somehow that's related to the dimensions of the pyramid. Yeah, there's a, a mention of pi r square that's associated with the uh, measurements within the pyramid. Uh, I'm I'm not great at math. I didn't do good at algebra, but uh, I, I no, do I right. do uh, hear a lot about this uh, mathematical uh, aspect to uh, the pyramid. Well, we know where, we know where to go when we get a mathematician. On here. Yeah, don't come, <laughs> don't don't come to me. Go to go to Mr. Albert but, Einstein. Uh, Yes, there's, a, there's also triangular ships that seem to have been commonly seen in sightings, and they all seem to be really big. Uh, well, a triangle is a very important uh, symbol. It's on our dollar bill. You know? I'll get into that at another time. But hmm. the, the uh, Leave that for the other podcast. The, the technology that, that we, we were talking about earlier was the uh, – this. Uh, Device they call the anti-theorem, anti-catherum uh, device, mm -hmm. and uh, the more that it's looked at, uh, the and every every year that new technology is is uh, developed, 
and they apply this technology uh, to this device, they find out more interesting things, especially with um, uh, what do you call these electronic microscopes that can actually see so small that they can see uh, lettering on this uh, device. You know, it makes sense that the, the, the scanning can see through what is corrosion and what is what yeah, is that? What was those the metal structure beneath that and the yeah, oxidation. it's, it's magical can, to me. It's can, this technology that it, we it, have today. It, from what we saw, it's <clears throat> apparently you can. The computer really does a lot to help. I mean, the, the the scanning ability actually in the in the Roswell story, it, it actually uh, scanned a, a piece of note paper that was held in the in the General Ramey's hand that was uh, diagnosed uh, by the uh, development of uh, bringing things closer and closer to to sight, sort of like. Uh, uh, like Alice in Wonderland? Oh, no, wait, that's the opposite. Just bringing the, <laughs> the object closer to your sight. I mean, it's it's mm -hmm. it's it's the microscopic uh, vision that you you couldn't have with a pair of glasses, but yet you're, you're doing with a camera, and they were able to focus on things that were written on note paper held in the hand of General Ramey oh, at the Roswell uh, crash site, mm -hmm. which indicated that the words on that note paper were completely opposite of what... Uh, was reported, uh, you know, in the papers. So uh, using using technology can even fifty years back then we, we discovered today what was in the hand of General Ramey, and now today we're using technology today to look at things that were underwater for thousands of years, and, and now we can we can see with our, our own eyes. It's almost like magic. Papers of their time back then was the hieroglyphics, and what about those light bulbs? Oh, those little light bulbs! I <laughs> you got to explain that. <laughs> those light bulbs are uh, so. I I, look, I show them to people and they don't they don't see it. They they say, "What light bulb?" I said, "Well, look at the, what they're doing. They're holding a large, oversized bulb that has a narrow end and a wide top and a filament with a filament in it and like a wire or of a braid a braided wire coming from the back of it." And uh, it's, yeah, it's stone, sitting stone reliefs in the Hathor Temple in Dendera in Egypt depict Harsomtus in the form of a snake emerging from a lotus flower. Okay, that was the <laughs> that was original they, explanation. original expla explanation. A lotus, a lotus flower. flower. Yeah, <laughs> but if you look closely, you have to see this, folks. Just look up Egyptian light bulbs, and you'll get it. <laughs> yeah, they're special um, at uh, Home Depot. You can get them. I mean, they, the, the, they are the connected to. They're connected to this this device that's sitting directly underneath the bulb, which seems to support it. It's like a vent, maybe as well. Uh, well, it's it. more like a generator. This is a symbol of um, uh, a generator. The device. This. Uh, you see the arms coming out of here, and it's holding. Like uh, and it looks like it's connected to a wire. Yeah, well. the wire coming out of here and going to this and this these altar. Carved there's an altar in over stone. Here. <laughs> you have to see it though. You have to see it. Yeah, no, you really have. You can go online and, and see it, these, if these they items. were seeing a light bulb at that time, they would think of it as the head of a snake, of a snake, or a serpent. They wouldn't know how to explain it. A filament. Yeah. Well, it's it's. 
it, it, it answers the question of how come there's no um, smoke marks inside the areas where there are hieroglyphics and it's pitch black. Uh, in the, in like, uh, for example, on the roof of the temple, on the ceiling, there's no. In a lot of these there, temples no that where it's dark, it. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. they, they didn't turn on a light switch, but they did have something to illuminate it. And it wasn't uh, uh, mirrors that were reflecting sunshine off of the uh, metallic uh, mirrors that they held. No, this was some kind of uh, electrical device, I believe, that uh, lit up these areas, uh, which allowed the uh, the artists to put the hieroglyphics on the walls. Otherwise, there would be smoke marks if they were torched, uh, held uh, while the uh, hieroglyphics. In, in that were same temple, they they found the the Dendera zodiac, mm -hmm. which had the Taurus, the Libra, had all of the. Uh, the zodiac in a symbol. Mm -hmm. And this, another this thing, they, they didn't put the hieroglyphics on these stones before they put them into place. They, they did this after the construction was finished. Otherwise, the, the uh, hieroglyphics would have been destroyed on dragging and, um, you know, just uh, getting it into the area of placement. So, the, these these walls were decorated after, just like in today, where you you finish a home, and then you send in the the painters and the uh, the interior people to to do the uh, the walls and and decorations. So so those those hieroglyphics were decorations to the to the to honor the pharaoh, and uh, if they were held. Uh, if they were holding torches, there would be smoke marks all over this place. But there's nothing. So that you ask so the one question. You know, it's a plausible they, theory. You find an image carved in stone of what what looks very much like people holding light bulbs connected to wires with a filament. Very much so. <laughs> How are they generating the power source? Yeah. Where was the power source coming from? I mean there's a lot of uh, questions to be answered uh, by looking at the ways that the Egyptians built their um, their monuments. The uh, obelisk, which sits straight up uh, and can be attracting uh, electrical uh, storms. When there's an electrical storm in the area, these these monoliths uh, can attract them because of the the composition of what they're made out of. They're made out of granite with a tip made out of a different stone. Like the, the top of the mono, uh, the obelisk is is like a tiny pyramid. And it's and it's and it sits on top of this uh, column and during a storm, if if it's made the way they say these they're, they're all over the place, these these uh, obelisks. And they could be a uh, 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 doing like what Tesla designed to do. Well, to have you suck, ever have you ever heard suck that, electricity out of the air? Have you ever heard that that argument or that theory that Tesla may have been in touch with aliens? Uh, yeah, I heard that the other day. I, yeah. I haven't looked into that. They tried to say that because they wanted to not let people think about him as a genius, but uh, he he was definitely a, a very uh, a at bright the time. Man. You're right. At the time, that was used to smear him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a smear tactic. Um, so, so these, we do know one thing, though. 
what? The, the government confiscated everything. Yeah, his soon whole, after I, he, all of his soon his, after he died, yeah, he they, was, they confiscated everything, and it's never, and no one has ever seen anything. Yeah, but uh, what 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 did come out on Tesla's uh, his uh, inventive mind, uh, you know, intrigued the uh, the government because of his uh, he's always one step ahead of uh, you know the, the thinkers of that day, just like any any. Uh, genius uh, they're always a little advanced in their uh, open mind you know uh the the uh, the the temple uh, that we were talking about that held this uh, photo uh this hieroglyphic of uh, a light bulb can be seen on uh any website just go on to uh yeah the dendera light dendera lights mm -hmm. and uh, you'll see a, a photograph uh it's been uh, criticized as being uh, no more than a uh, misinterpretation of a lotus flower or a, a snake. But um, it does give uh, your mind uh, an, uh, a time to think because it doesn't look like anything else but a light bulb being a big one. Um, look, what, what else could it be? It's the eye of a snake and the mouth of a snake. That's not a... That's not a pistol of a flower. It wouldn't have an eye and a mouth. <laughs> and why would they put a, a, a snake inside of a bulb-shaped object like that? Uh, why would they be holding it? Why would there be a cable uh, exiting the bottom part near the near the lower part near the ground, and 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 the top part of the bulb is held by a, a symbol. Uh, by a device that's very sim symbolic of a, uh, a generator, this thing on the on the side here. That's, can you bring that you piece up? It in this one. Doesn't bring it up much. It was in that other picture that you had, but um, yeah, you have to. I, 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 <laughs> it's amazing they call it. Uh, even Wikipedia is calling it a lotus flower. Uh, it says it it it. it it vaguely resembles. Yeah. It superficially resembles something like that. I'm like, yeah, that's what it looks like. <laughs> uh, how about in? Uh, I don't think it looks like a lotus flower at all, actually. <laughs> no, it doesn't. I mean, to me, it looks like a, something that's round. You know, I mean, it's it's not square. It's round, oval, and uh, it has a uh, it's just an unusual shape. It draws your attention to uh, ex explain it. There's also uh, a couple of things that uh, you see. These seated by the pyramid is on the top of the obelisk. Now, if you have enough of these all placed centrally around the city during uh, uh, an approaching storm, if you build these, the aliens will come. No, it'll, it'll bring, it'll suck the electric out of electric storms. Oh, is this like a charge? Something that, these uh, things act uh, like a charging statement, like a charging battery. Hmm. Yeah, th there's a lot of uh, studies that have been going into this. Why, why are these things there? I mean, why spend all this time building this just to just just because it looks cool? There had to be a function that we're we're missing, and that missing function seems to be connected to uh, collecting energy 
and uh, we're so stupid that we can't figure it out yet because we're we're, we're still dumb, dumbfounded with this uh, the, these findings of, it's of somewhere, technology. Somewhere in, somewhere in, the in India, there's a temple uh, that's built out of stone from the top down. Yeah, the whole mountain. It's whole like a whole mountain into the piece of stone. The whole entire complex was carved out of it. Right. That that's so. They say with hammers and chisel, and it took 150 years. <laughs> It's so crazy when you when you when you hear those things and you say, "Oh, sure, people just cut a whole church." I think it's a church, right? I don't know. I Is feel it, like I, think, it's a I think we're all ants at that point. I just feel like an ant. <laughs> ant your mama. It's going to be. <laughs> I uh, I'm, oh, here's another photo it's of that uh, that gym, that uh, temple. This device here that that's holding the bulb. Has some function in the uh, either keeping the, the uh, maybe it's like the heating element. It, yeah, it, it, it's it, it's uh, a symbol of something that's electrical, uh, and it says that in here, some, somewhere in here that 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 le the uh, the symbol in there is 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 based on that. So the uh, the temple of Dendora is one of those pieces of uh, puzzles that add to this uh, technology piece. It's also um, in, um, in, I think it's Peru, we have this, um, we have this place uh, in the Andes, in the Cusco Valley, these uh, megalithic uh, fortresses. Uh, and one of them is called Sacheoaman. Again, with the with the with the huge multi-ton stones carved perfectly, contouring with each other on all sides and all around. Gigantic blocks of stone, some weighing more than two hundred tons. That's quote four hundred thousand pounds are fitted together perfectly. The enormous stone blocks are cut, faced, and fitted so well that even today, when one cannot slip a blade or a knife or even a piece of paper between them, no mortar is used, and no two blocks are alike. Yet they fit perfectly. It has been said by some engineers that no modern builder with the uh, aid of metals and tools of the finest steel could produce results more accurately. Each individual stone had to have been planned well in advance. A 20-ton stone, let alone one weighing 80 to 200 tons, cannot just be dropped casually into position without any hope of attaining that kind of accuracy. The stones are locked and dovetailed into position, making them earthquake-proof. You hear that? Dovetailed positions. Dovetailing is used on drawers to keep the outside handle uh, connected to the two side guide rails that, that go into a drawer. And dovetailing was used uh, by architect 
Frank Lloyd Wright in creating some of his unusual uh, buildings. Uh, so th th this this dovetail cutting onto the stone makes the the stone earthquake makes the wall earthquake proof. Indeed, after making many devastating earthquakes in the Andes over the last few hundred years, the blocks are still perfectly sitting there, while the Spanish uh, cathedral in Cusco has been leveled twice. <laughs> so modern stuff was falling apart, yet this thing was still holding its position. <coughs> Excuse me. Even more incredibly, the blocks are not local, but by some reports come from quarries in Ecuador, almost 1,500 miles away in quarries of, of good close good closer only five miles or so away though this fantastic fortress was supposedly built just a few hundred years ago by the Incas they leave no record of having built it nor does it figure in any of their legends how is that that the Incas who repeatedly had no knowledge of higher mathematics no written language no iron tools, and did not even use the wheel, are credited with having built this cyclopean complex of walls and buildings. Frankly, one must literally grope for an explanation, and it is not an easy one. Huh. You know, th these these uh, complex construction um, uh, methods in the ancient past uh, 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 are so often overlooked in, in modern uh, discussion. Um, it, it, pu it puzzles my mind how, how they're achieved. Uh, the, uh, the stories of um, Stonehenge and Easter Island, you know, they've they, they become, these, these areas have become legendary in, in their uh in their position, their building uh, positions, and uh, their their choice of where they were placed, and how was a how were they uh, designed? The uh, the Stonehenge in uh, England has has been visited by millions of people over the years. It's been used as a place of worship and sacrifice, and all kinds of you know pilgrimages have been apply to that area and it's it's just a bunch of rocks in a circle you know what's so interesting a bunch of about a bunch of big rocks sitting out in the middle of the field <laughs> unless you you look at them as something more which today's uh researchers have done and the information shows that these things were placed there to uh help the uh farming and went to grow crops and when certain times of the year were the best times to uh, to plant certain uh, crops, and uh, I find that quite extraordinary. Uh, why 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 did you have to do something like like that? Why did you have to put rocks into the ground to do that? Why couldn't you just know when to do it? Why couldn't you look up at the sun and say, "Oh, today's a nice day. I'm gonna." I'm going to take a chance, and hopefully that we, uh, the, the plants will grow and prosper. Not knowing what the, the future is going to bring, 
how would I know when not to plant, when it would be the bad time because the, the seeds would not mature in the ground because the frost would come? How would I, where would that knowledge come from? How did that arrive? That's, that's knowledge that's acquired through the study of astronomy. And, uh, and you feel like there's big gaps. Like, if, why didn't, you know, why didn't we continue to build these? Yeah, I mean, why, why is there such a, uh, a lack? A point in history that it appears in our history, and that's it. You know, it, not the, I mean, the pyramid has the same thing with the, the stones, the way they are, mm -hmm. and they, they come from, you just went through that. It's like they're identical in totally opposite parts of the earth. Yeah, well, in Mexico, you have the, the pyramids in uh, Chichen Itza and, uh, and Tijuanica, and uh, these places have... have just unusual uh, aspects about their placement of where they are. They're not just anywhere, and they're not just sitting in the, uh, you know, random positions on the ground. They're placed in, in exact positions to the north, south, east, and west, and uh, they reside in such accurate uh, positions that modern architects would have a hard time uh, putting these things together don't forget they didn't have telephones and they didn't have you know printers where they could write or they could print the uh, blueprints for a for a construction site of, of uh, 15 pyramids you know and here we're going to bring the rocks over here and uh get them over here by wednesday and uh don't be late but they got to go into place by thursday and uh no telephone, no communication. Every I don't know how they did all this stuff. I mean, it's just my, blows your mind. It, it, it's it's totally astro uh, astronomically impossible to to do these things without some kind of missing part of the puzzle. It's some kind of like a like a, a guide that was that was overseeing all these these major construction sites that that had to be put together with accuracy. There couldn't be any mistakes, like I just read in this uh, Sasha Awaman. The walls, each one, each rock was different. Each that each one had to be perfect before it went into place. Well, no they mistakes. Did, they, they they didn't have the wheel, but they had the wheels inside the wheels. <laughs> They sure did. They had uh, some kind of technology that w w we've overlooked and and uh, give, well, given. It's right it a, there in Ezekiel in the Old Testament, right? That wheel inside the wheel that came from the sky, like a gyroscope. That was a story that was handed down. Became a uh, part of a journal, you know, Prophet Ezekiel. E each each section in the Old Testament, you know, has episodes of uh, what could be construed as yeah as a close encounter uh, but uh, you know the world is divided up into uh, different cultural um, developments you know the Egyptians and the, the Greeks and the Romans all have uh, different aspects about their uh, their time and history, you know, and uh, the uh, 
the Mexicans and the uh, the cultures on this on the other side of the uh, planet, in South America, in South America. You know, they South they America. they all contribute to uh, a lot of things that just don't fit the. Uh, the Nazca lines in, in Peru and how they're put together on the ground that you really only could see them from up in the air and they weren't only discovered in, until the 20th century when uh, people flew over them with airplanes and noticed that there were etchings in the ground and they weren't noticeable uh, when they were on the ground but when they were in the airplane, they could see them as plain as day. So Von Daniken is like a pretty hot commodity these days, right? He's gotten. I'm well, sure he was a. He's he sold a lot of books. So they, even though he may have been attacked by different people in different ways, he, he was so popular. So I think he kind of broke through with that. But. Yeah, the touchy part of Von Daniken's work is that it upset the apple cart, you know. Uh, but these days, it's going strong with the whole ancient aliens. Yeah, because uh, now that you have professional people re-examining uh, what he has uh, said should be looked at with a new new look, new light, uh, have shown that he's right. That these these things uh, of our past are uh, more marvelous and more unbelievable than. Uh, we we take for granted these these uh, these structures, you know. When you you know when I when I read about some like of keeping the, it all in the past, isn't that even in the past? I wouldn't think too much about today. Yeah, well, when when my when my, uh, when my sister was alive, she uh, she had went to uh, Egypt, and uh, she took a trip uh, down the Nile on a, on a tour to uh, Karnak, I believe she said, Valley of the Kings. And she was at the pyramids of, the, of Egypt. And, and I remember asking her, how big was it, you know? And she said, Robert, she said, it's so big that it makes you feel like, you, like you're a piece of sand <laughs> because it's, you, you feel so small standing in front of it that... Uh, you know, it's hard to when you see it in books, uh, and, and you know, years later, I would, I would see pictures of uh, the pyramids, and and I always imagined my sister standing in front of it, and uh, once in a while, I would see a photo of, of uh, some tourists that have visited uh, Egypt, and they're standing near the pyramid, and you can hardly see them; they look like a. a they look like a speck of uh, a pepper, a pepper uh, dust on on the photo because the the, the the concept of the size of the size is just so enormous. And uh, one of the researchers that I, I follow today on the uh, Ancient Aliens show, uh, Giorgio Desucolos, he he uh, he took a camera crew and he uh, went to Egypt and. Uh, you know, he set up the cameras and uh, he stood there and, uh, you know, for, for the size of my television and just inter just trying to interpret how he felt staring at the pyramid, he, he was just like, he just, he couldn't explain it. It just, it was uh, awe-inspiring just to stand there and look at it. Yeah. The size of it. And uh, 
And, and I said, you know, I, I've read this in books that people have been amazed by how large it is. And, and a photograph just doesn't give it. Uh, and the energy. In the- oh, the, yeah. It just it gives off a vibe too, just being there. Uh, because of its, its historical significance and uh, all the uh, the controversy that surrounds the uh, the pyramid itself, uh, so you know it, it's one of those uh, marvels of the ancient world that uh, is shrouded in a lot of questions and uh, the significance of uh, the uh, the smaller things that surround uh, this um, period of time in our past that these uh, achievements were made uh, are marvelous. And uh, that's what uh, that's what has kept uh, an interesting uh, part of me, uh, you know, uh, attached this, to this. This thing was missed for years, too. So don't forget to, to look back as well, besides looking up and looking out and coming back to see us at the UFOs podcast here with Bob Bria. We, we have... Uh, Many episodes to talk about this, and uh, we're going to jump back and forth between the ancient astronauts and the uh, UFO story because there is some similarities in the, uh, the two subjects, you know. And uh, we'll talk about that in our next uh, episode. All right, everyone. Don't forget to send your questions, your comments. We appreciate all Please. of the above. Please. Send your questions. You can send those to UFOs Top Secret at protonmail.com. This has been the Why Are UFOs Top Secret podcast with expert Bob Bria. Thank you for listening. Good night.